0: Welcome to Dialed In, a podcast by CallBox, where we talk with dental industry leaders and influencers about the latest trends, technologies, themes, and best practices in the business of dentistry. Be sure to subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app, and visit callbox.com/dental to learn more about CallBox's innovative solutions for leveraging the phone at your practice. Thanks for joining us on Callbox dialed in for part 2 of our episode with Jake Sly of Rock Dental Brands. In case you missed it, be sure to catch up with part 1 before diving in. So you said you said during that that you weren't focusing on on really one specialty more than another, but but you did mention one that I wasn't familiar with. Was it was it TMJ? Is that what you called it? Yes,
1: we we have one uh, a TMJ provider who has uh, he's a general dentist, uh, but he has become triple board certified in both uh, sleep dentistry and TMJ is actually TMD um, uh, services. So that is that is still not a recognized specialty, uh, but but essentially he is he is done, uh, and it is thousands and thousands and thousands of hours um, of this kind of specific training, and so. Uh, the The interesting thing about that is that it is um, closer to orthodontic, and that it is very uh, right. We are we are really focused down on a single kind of treatment method, um, and it has uh, really kind of bore itself down to uh, there. There's some other uh, kind of complications to the full system of like it is uh, largely medical insurance billing. Um, and, and kind of some different things that as you get into uh, uh, sleep apnea uh, and, and kind of some other uh, um, needs that we are we're really from a referral standpoint partnering with uh, larger partners with uh, otolaryngology and ENTs and uh, and certainly GPS, but uh, really kind of getting those folks in in sleep clinics and, and uh, sleep centers and those kinds of things. And so, uh, anyway, so that has really been uh, a big area for us and a big area of opportunity for us to kind of uh, capture because kind of like in, in any other business too, right, our, uh, the more specialized you get, the farther people are, are willing to travel in a way uh, or, or further they're willing to drive kind of to, to get the service, right? And it's mm-hmm. supply and demand from that perspective. But um, but in that area, he's the only person in the state of Arkansas uh, that has that designation. he's one of very few in the country and really kind of casting a wider net uh, and really drilling in and focusing on folks to uh, uh, maybe have tried some other methods or uh, don't want to haul around a, a, a CPAP machine uh, you know, or something like that, that uh, there's, there's really some, some big opportunities there. And, and, and we think it's going to be a, a big opportunity for growth kind of in the dental space over the next decade.
0: That's awesome. That's, that is certainly something to keep your eye out for. I hadn't heard a lot of any of our groups or anyone I've talked to who's even really even dabbling into that yet. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a small field at this point. So you you touched on this. I know that referrals are are a big part of, of your marketing platform, but it, but they're vital in the specialty fields as well. Can you walk us through what types of, of referral initiatives that you currently have in place, and then how you're able to to quantify the success of of those efforts
1: yeah um, and and certainly uh, the the referral relationship is is a huge thing for us really across any of the specialties' uh, more so in, in, in the, the orthopedo um, and TMJ and oral surgery but uh, but really everywhere. And we we really try to tackle this by being both um, very inclusive uh, in our efforts, uh, but then also uh, having kind of some uh, really targeted approaches uh, that kind of come in behind that. And so, uh, as you're probably aware, via the Sunshine Act and many of the state's dental practices acts, the, the referral relationship, particularly if you are seeing Medicaid patients or uh, accepting uh, insurance payments, uh, there are a lot of very distinct rules, and in a lot of ways, you can get in trouble uh, kind of with the referral relationships. And So uh, we have really uh, uh, worked with our governmental affairs team and our, our legal counsel uh, uh, to kind of build out a plan that, A, really predict, protects our existing providers' licenses, uh, but also is a way that we make sure that we're not going to sleep on our potential referral Uh, Providers and so uh, we do a a, a, we call community partners. Um, It's our community partners. Uh, Obviously, for ortho, include our general dentists and pediatric dentists. For our pediatric dentists, it's our pediatricians and our general dentists and uh, even our school nurses and and some of those other groups. Uh, Same thing for uh, our oral surgeons are really uh, focused on our our GPS and our orthos and our pedos and so. Uh, Really, every quarter, uh, our our home office teams put together uh, a list, kind of, of every provider uh, that meets those criteria in our areas, and and we send them. uh, uh, Basically, we do a gift kind of program, more or less. Of, uh, I think this this coming quarter, we're doing uh, uh, everything but the ice cream kind of make your own Sundays uh, thing, and so they get packs of ice cream dishes and scoops and toppings and and you know fudge and, and all that kind of good stuff and uh, then our teams are actually taking uh, that with gallons of ice cream around to the the different uh, uh areas and um, and so what that does is allows for a um the teams don't have to be focused, okay i got to build a list i got to buy some gifts i got to figure out what's the right thing and who we go see and when we go see and all that it's just a matter of hey the here's when the, the gifts are going to be delivered we know that schedule a year in advance. Uh, and so then we're able to really uh, kind of focus down and, and they just have to focus on shaking the hands, right? Making the delivery and, uh, and and kind of being the hero in that situation. And so that is a thing that we do in an area today, not only focus on those people already uh, referring patients to us, uh, but really those who have never referred patients to us or – are uh, we 've just never built a relationship with or anything like that, and so uh, just trying to open some new doors there and that's that 's been pretty successful for us and then uh, we actually offer uh, all of our doctors uh, and, and teams what we call a discretionary uh, marketing budget, and so that they 've got little buckets uh, that they can use their uh, discretionary marketing dollars for but uh, that is certainly inclusive of uh, you know if they want to uh, do a lunch and learn uh, with some teams, or they just want to uh, to kind of take breakfast to a team, or if they want to, uh, the uh, the doctor wants to to take a couple doctors out to lunch, or you know whatever the case may be. So that um, that as we're working really on a, a month by month basis, don't allow uh, kind of the busyness of our days and, and all of that to uh, to kind of. Make us miss out on those providers, and and that's the thing I always say is like it it is a humbling thing for a marketer, right? To say, but uh, for us, like there there is not one thing I can do from a uh, an advertising standpoint or a digital marketing standpoint or anything that will be more valuable uh, than teams meeting teams or doctors meeting doctors and building those relationships, right? Because opening up a new referral provider could be 20 30 50 100 patients a year right for uh for an ortho or pedo clinic and so um those those kinds of things are are ways that we want to support really well uh, and we want to provide kind of as frictionless of an environment um, for our folks so that they can be successful uh, and so that they're able to uh, again focus still on patient care uh, without having to manage all those details and where do we order it from and how do we get it here, what does shipping look like and, and all that but uh, from a branding standpoint too that then allows us to have a really consistent product and a consistent messaging and so that we can uh, really kind of have some uh, some consistency and, and make sure that we're providing really quality uh, products and, and uh, gifts and something unique uh, that makes us stand
0: That's cool So, so I mean no need to overcomplicate things. A, a it sounds like a handshake and a and a bowl of ice cream. Getting that relationship going is, um, I mean, that's that's the core of of what you guys are, are going after there, right? It really is. I mean, it, and and I think that's been the area
1: where we when we really took back and or stepped back and, and analyzed those clinics that um, were doing really exceptionally well from a. Uh, from a production standpoint, a new patient standpoint, it's because they a it, it wasn't that they had one huge provider, right? It was that they had a lot of, of providers, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, a lot of referral partners, and so, um, so then a obviously, right? It's it's every other conventional wisdom thing of uh, you don't have all your eggs in one basket, and and uh, uh, a new doc comes in, or uh, a doc retires, or, or or something else, or a, a new front desk person <laughs> even comes in. Uh, that you're you're not uh, so overextended and, and over-optimized into a single provider, uh, but then it gives you a big opportunity really to uh, to make sure that they understand uh, kind of what you're doing and what your specialty is and, and kind of how you're approaching patients, but then also how you can help them, right, and how we can send patients back. And one of the big things, I think, for us in the referral that piece is that even though we are a multi-specialty company, uh, we do not, uh in any way require our pa- our providers to only refer within our network. Uh, um, if if a if a doctor has pro- has um uh referred a patient to us, we always send them back. Um so even even if they need if a if a pediatric dentist outside of our group refers someone to our orthodontist um we we will always send them back to that pediatric dentist no matter what the uh the case is and so uh, and we make we make great strides to communicate that to them too, right? Because we can't be um, uh, we can't be so focused on ourselves again that we're not thinking about the patient and we're not thinking about uh, those provider relationships.
0: Yeah, man, I Jake, I was expecting something. Um, I don't I, I don't know what I was expecting, but it's reassuring that uh, just doing the right thing there is. Seems like the answer. That's that's got to make some folks feel good that this part's not really that complicated when you when you look at, at what your the goal of your organization actually is, which is to serve the patient. That's pretty cool. That's right. That's right. Uh, can um can can we can we pivot back to the to the marketing? Um, you you mentioned it a little bit at the beginning. Can you talk about sort of what what you're tracking in terms of effectiveness of of marketing campaigns and sort of what really defines success um, for each of those campaigns and and across the teams? Yeah, absolutely. So
1: um, I think we really set our team's focus, uh, as I mentioned earlier, kind of on that completed appointment. And so um, it, it can be just like in any other part of any business, right? There's so many data points there's so many statistics there's so many conversion rates and kind of points along the funnel uh, that you do have to be focused on optimizing each one but uh, but really trying to focus on kind of the the last piece right and working our way backwards of um, how of our marketing vehicles which ones are providing the most completed appointments Uh, and so we certainly look at at uh, percentages, but really we're looking at volume as well, um, and so tying all that all the way back, be it a engine uh, 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 marketing ad or, or campaign, or uh, you know our listings management and, and some of those kinds of things, or a very specific uh, campaign-driven, uh, you know, offering a free consultation for our orthodontic customers, or uh, or a, a whitening packet or something like that. What what actually not only gets people interested enough to pick up the phone and call or fill out a form or schedule an appointment online, but what, what actually gets them to show up. Um, and so that has been a big piece for us that, uh, uh from an effectiveness standpoint, as we've been able to gain more visibility into kind of our full marketing funnel, uh, and Callbox has really helped us do that a lot, um, is to, to really tie that back to understand, okay, great. We love that the phone is ringing. We love that leads are coming through the website, but that that like that doesn't pay anybody's paycheck, right? It, that is what ultimately uh, we have to get is the the completed appointment, and so uh, after that, it's out of our hands. And, and really, honestly, in, in some cases, uh, the the teams, right? Like they they can only diagnose what is there. Uh, they can only. Uh, 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 present treatment to those who need it and so in some cases we understand hey even some of those completed appointments will not uh, will not yield uh, just this fantastic return uh, but i think that ultimately that that's
0: where our responsibility has to lie in getting those
1: uh, those patients to actually show for the appointment
0: okay are, can you share what what technical tools you? I've been asked that a lot. Like, how do we get marketing to the the completed appointment? What sort of technical tools do you have to, you know, that's a lot of data pieces you're then trying to tie together. I imagine.
1: Yeah, you know? that's right. And, and so, really, what we've tried to, to focus on is simplifying, right? And so, uh, we are are certainly utilizing uh, basically uh, kind of the standard um, uh, marketing visibility and, and uh, marketing transparency pieces of uh, when it makes sense. We're utilizing uh, specialized phone numbers to track our marketing sources and things like that. We are certainly utilizing that uh, kind of campaign-specific and, and medium-specific landing pages and uh, things like that. But um, but we spend way more of time focusing on that. Okay, great. Well, once the lead comes no matter where it came from, then what is our success? And so even in some cases – that remains a very manual piece, uh, but we've committed to those resources to make sure that we are okay. This is the lead; they became a you know we got them scheduled for a patient or for a, a new patient. Uh, then what happened, right? And in some cases, that may be weeks later uh, um, of of when they actually showed, or if they didn't show, and we repursued them and, and got them back on the schedule, or whatever the case may be. Uh, but then, really, even taking it even further. Uh, of trying to uh, really limit down uh, who started. Like in in ortho, who started treatment as a result of that? And and for uh, GP and and for PETA, what was the actual value then of that appointment so that we can really tie it then, uh, kind of reverse engineer it and and back it all the way back up to, okay, and then they came from this landing page or they came from uh, this particular phone number. And so That has been the biggest thing. We did just roll out uh, for orthodontic clinics, and we're about to to have it live for our uh, GP and pedo clinics. Is the ability to actually schedule the appointment online, Uh, and that has been really big for uh, us—really big—in a way that uh, we were. You know, you have all the concerns about uh, losing control, right? If if the patient can make all their own choices and, and all that. Uh, but so far, but like we, we I guess probably six weeks in or five or six weeks in on, on ortho, uh, but in the month of April, we had fifty percent more completed exams that came from scheduling our own appointment than we had any other previous month, uh, uh, and just like going through our regular, you fill out a form, somebody reaches out to you, schedules you, all that kind of stuff, and so. Uh, our no-show rate was a little higher, and so we're we're watching that and, and kind of working on that. But even even with that, right, since we're tracking the completed appointment, right, it's been a really big thing for us. And so, the most interesting thing I think for that has been that more than half of the completed appointments that we got came uh, from when our clinics are closed, right, and our call centers closed. And so, that has been a that's that's the lift we really hoped for, right? Is that uh, it is not convenient uh, for everyone to schedule their appointments during business hours, right. Or, or during school hours. And so uh, we're seeing, you know, 7 PM to 11 PM really being a big uh, jump for us on, on people wanting to schedule their own appointments. And so uh, anyway, so that has been a piece again, we're, we're trying to work to figure out how we can uh, improve the, the show rate even more. But, uh, but that has actually been cool um, overall. And, and actually those after hours, sorry, I'm spewing way too much data here, but those after hours folks actually show up at a better rate uh, than even our average no show rate, um, and so that that has been uh, a really nice overall win for us, um, and, and kind of in a way that we can certainly improve volume of new patients, but uh, we really think that's a better patient experience, right? When you it is it is. Back to their convenience, right? We we just had a presentation from uh, the Health Policy Institute about basically adults who don't go to the dentist, right? Or, or the the number one reason people don't, and so uh, number one is cost, uh, and there's a lot of things that go into that. But number two is convenience, right? And hmm. Like one in five people don't go to the dentist because it's not convenient, right? And, and if you think about it, it's not right. Most yeah. most dentist offices are open from eight to five or less, right? It's a uh, uh, and, and usually only four days a week. So you look, look at certainly some of the models and uh, uh, even some of the DSOs have really started to expand weekend time or early hours or late hours or those kinds of things. But, um, but and those are things we're exploring with as well. But really even just having the ability uh, to get the appointments uh, during those times that really make a huge difference.
0: Wow, that's awesome. A lot of eye opening stuff there. The, 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 the scheduling, the online scheduling piece, that's just huge. Because that, you know, that, that requires very little work for a, an individual at, a, at an office or, or anyone on, on one of your teams. Um, that's right. And the, yeah. The other thing that you said, to, that it's, it's hard work, but, but tying back that, that appointment completion back to the marketing that's that's a shortcut that, that a lot of these groups are making so that's uh it's uh, i like that you're well, seeing results from that hard work
1: yeah i think it's a philosophy thing too yeah. and, I, and, and this may be uh, just my own kind of natural proclivity but i, I just hate I, I hate the gray areas right and, and yep. certainly you know but this is my livelihood right and so uh, really trying to tie everything back to, to I, can, I can at least say, hey, there are a lot of probably benefits that came from the marketing that we did that I'll never be able to tell you about. Right. Like we, you can't measure it. I don't have a metric. There's not a thing. Right. But uh, so as a result of that, I would much rather come in with the benefit of the doubt of saying, hey, of the things that we can manage, here is how we're doing. And then there is more upside on top of this that we'll never understand. As opposed to just trying to pitch you on the whole um, uh, "just trust me" <laughs> approach, right? Yeah, exactly. Uh, of, of, hey, no, I, I promise this stuff works. Uh, I can't <laughs> tell you why or how, but uh, but it's you know it's. I hope you like me, or I hope that uh, that, that that's what it boils down to. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah, R- when you've got the numbers. I mean the numbers are there you just you just kind of have to go find them sometimes I guess. That's right. You uh you mentioned earlier that that the, the call center rolls up under you. Um I guess two sides to that. How what in any cool ways you're leveraging that team and and what uh what let's start with that. Any any cool ways you're leveraging the call center that another group might be interested in.
1: Yeah and and, and probably like as I've talked to different DSOs this has kind of been a common story, but um, in the history of our our company, our call center has really had a lot of different iterations. Uh, You know, it it kind of spent its early years being passed from organizational leader to organizational leader, and it was under ops, and it was under finance, and it was under rev cycle. I mean, it's just kind of been uh, a narrative was not always – Everyone didn't really know what its chief purpose was, and so when I got here, um, that was one of the first things that I realized. Like, hey, man, I came in. I want that call center, <laughs> and I, I want to make sure uh, that it is an asset for the business, right? And that it's a, a true value creation for the business. And so, really, over the last year, um, we have shifted from just being a purely uh, overflow call center, which is a nice service, uh, right? It's a nice service that um, that we can ensure that our, our phones don't go unanswered uh, to a really focused kind of standardized and simplified um, call center in a way that uh, basically, A, provides a really great patient experience uh, in that uh, you will talk to people who can meet your needs, uh, right? One of our, our our biggest things was when you're taking every call in the call center, right, you're you're trying to answer very well uh, hopefully from the patient or from the, the charting notes uh, kind of within the patient charts of h- how often am I supposed to change my rubber bands? Is it every three hours or every three weeks? I can't remember, you know, our, our call center agents are trying to scour the notes and find out, or, Hey, did I leave my purse in the lobby? I can't find it. Right. Um, and so now to to really limit that down of, of uh, focusing our, our new patient calls Uh, are all coming to the call center and then our collections calls, right? So the kind of numbers that are on all of our billing, uh, they're on the billing portion of our websites and all of that, that, um, A, those those calls tend to take a bit more time uh, than normal calls, right? There's a lot of information to gather uh, kind of with both of those. And so we wanted to relieve the clinics from spending that amount of time on the phone so that they can answer better uh, the questions that they're more suited to answer, treatment-related things. Uh, active uh, kind of patient-related things, and then certainly the the more uh, kind of uh, granular uh, details that only the clinic would know. And so, uh, to to us, that has been a big piece. That a it has helped us uh, know who we need in the call center from an employee standpoint, uh, but then also so that we can understand how to train them, right, and how to hold them accountable, uh, and how to uh, to make sure that ultimately we can reward them appropriately and then all that as well and so um, so we we have really tried to take that as as they are the single biggest asset to making sure uh, that that final portion of uh, uh our side of the marketing funnel that completed appointment happens right and they they are working from uh, not only scheduling the appointment, but then uh, working back through our patient communication platforms and then through uh, kind of some outbound efforts of uh, really making sure that those people that we work so hard to get and to schedule uh, that we don't lose uh, because they didn't show for the first time or they didn't confirm their appointment or something like that.
0: That's cool. That's another, you, you've said so many rare things today, Jake, that you you raised your hand to have the call center fall <laughs> under you. <laughs> Perhaps I'm a glutton for punishment. I don't yeah, know. Exactly. But it, it, Honestly, it's, it's, it's frankly
1: been like I, it has been a delight, uh, really, to have the call center, and, and I think just having kind of the knowing the strategy, right, and knowing the ultimate vision, and then knowing like this, this is not only nice; it's really important, and it's really vital, uh, kind of, into us providing value to you, to our providers, right, and um, and it's really providing a much better patient experience, and so, so it's it is. Uh, it, is not conventional wisdom to take that piece on. But I, I think that it, if you really step back one more layer, uh, it made all the sense in the world. And, and most DSOs have ultimately rolled their call centers up under kind of the marketing uh, uh, level. So that, there's nothing revolutionary about that. But uh, but I think that's the piece for us that uh, has allowed us to really kind of cut down on some of the internal friction uh, uh, there, but then also to really uh, boost up uh, kind of our our
0: our value there. That approach makes a lot of sense. Well, well, Jake, I'll, we'll we'll wrap it with this one. Um, you have any goals for for 2019? Be it be it personal or marketing or or rock dental brands.
1: Yeah, I think one of the the things that we have really shifted towards um, over the last uh, six months in particular is really I have gotten more focused down on our. Uh, our specialties really we are are really trying to uh, uh, to to not only focus on hey, what do we have to do today uh, but what are we really trying to drive toward and so really uh, um, trying to make sure that our our g p knows what their number one project is right so not not just the day to day of uh, kind of uh, uh, getting through lead gen activities and fielding requests from uh, from different marketing sources, or the clinics, or what have you, uh, but really understanding: okay, our, our number one priority for GP, for pedo, for ortho, for the call center, uh, even for our our own corporate uh, entity, for uh, for our affiliations, or for our recruiting, or, or what have you. That we know uh, here today, this is the number one thing, right? And here's what we're working on. And so that is that is different. And, and so I won't go into to all of those. Uh, today, that would take too much time, I think. But uh, I think as a as an overall organization, the biggest thing that that we've been focused on so far this year is really really gaining uh, kind of fuller visibility um, into our full marketing funnel, right? And so uh, we've been working really closely uh, with our CIO and our data team uh, to tie those things back, so that we can really optimize even ahead of the funnel uh, or kind of. Ahead of the lead, more or less, so that we can understand. Okay, not only are these great converters, but uh, we are also able to um, to track back our our spend better and our uh, even things like clicker rates and call rates and response rates and those kinds of things. So that uh, I think it will help us uh, kind of uh, as an insurance policy, more or less, for kind of some more speculative uh, marketing efforts, if you will that um, that have traditionally and historically been difficult to manage so things like um, uh, video or things like uh, even some direct mail efforts and, and some of those kinds of things that uh, we can really tie back well not only to uh the 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 total appointments or something like that but to really understand kind of our 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 time money and effort uh and how that ultimately results uh in in production for us ultimately
0: Good stuff. Well, Jake, I really appreciate you joining me today. Thanks for for all the great content, for being so open and sharing it.
1: Yeah, Uh, no, it's a pleasure to be here. I appreciate you guys having me.
0: Well, for Dialed In, uh, this is Corey Johnson. Jake Sly from Rock Dental Brands was my guest today. Thanks, everyone, for listening. Thanks for listening to Callbox Dialed In. If you'd like to be kept in the loop on future episodes, subscribe directly or on your favorite podcast app. Callbox is a comprehensive tool used by more than 5,000 dental practices and DSOs to optimize phone handling processes, increase appointments, and improve caller experience by providing insight into every patient phone call. To learn more, visit us at callbox.com dental.